This is the Vice Guide to Right Now, your inside look into the best of vice. It's Wednesday, October 31st. I'm Sophie Casas. Today, we're going behind the scenes of the brand new Vice News digital series, She's Running. It's about four women candidates' midterm campaigns, and the first three episodes drop today. She's Running is a new four-part series from Vice News that follows four first-time female candidates as they knock on doors, deal with attack ads, milk cows, visit tattoo parlors, and rewrite what it means to be a politician in this year of the woman. 2018 is the year of the woman. We're seeing record numbers of women running for office. Many of the women who are running say they're motivated by frustrations with the Trump administration. But it's not just about Donald Trump. We don't have enough women in office. Women candidates are mad and they want to make a change. Here's Bradley writer Marie Solis talking with the producers of this series, Emma Fidel and Daniel Ming. So tell me a little bit about these four candidates you decided to profile. Our two Democrats are Anna Eskamani. She's running in Florida for the state house. She's 28 and is Iranian-American, worked for Planned Parenthood in Florida for a long time, and um, is in a very contested race against a Republican. And she's trying to flip the seat there. And Deidre DeGier is running for Secretary of State in Iowa against the Republican incumbent. She could be the first Black person ever elected to a statewide office in Iowa. And on the Republican side, we have Pearl Kim. She's 39, Korean-American, um, She's a former special victims prosecutor and speaks a lot about being a survivor of sexual assault. Our fourth candidate is Morgan Zagers. She's 21 years old and she lives in upstate New York and she just graduated from college in May, which we went to as well. As has been well established by this point, we have a record number of women running for office this cycle. How did you go about deciding which four candidates you wanted to feature? So it was a really long process. For us, the most important thing was diversity, kind of in every sense. So we wanted political diversity, first and foremost, two Republicans, two Democrats. We wanted a range of ages of states and geographic locations, and especially ethnic diversity as well. And so once we had that shortlist, the other very important piece of this was access and what level of access their campaigns and the campaign managers especially would give us. So, you know, if they started saying, well, we can't have you at this, this and this event, then that would be a bit of a red flag for us because we wanted to really show what the experience was like running for office in its fullness. So in addition to all of those factors... A couple of these candidates, as you mentioned, are in really long shot bids to win their seats or they're going up against incumbents who have been in office and have a lot more political experience than they do. What was the value for you in featuring candidates who might lose? Well, I think it's just fascinating to watch someone run a campaign when they are a long shot. You know, the question is, why are you doing this? And um what do you have personally invested in this? In some cases, it's there is a personal financial investment in this. Um, one of our candidates, Pearl Kim, is spending her entire life savings on her race. And she is quite a long shot, as she admits. Her district leans Democratic, and she's running as a Republican. But isn't that one of the interesting things about this year of the woman, so-called year of the woman that we're in, is that so many of these women are running with the knowledge that they might not win. They probably won't win. And, and yet we're seeing this 
this wave. And running for an office and losing is still valuable to a lot of them. I mean, we don't know that yet for our own candidates, but but we know that from, you know, women who lost in the primaries or who have lost in previous years that running campaigns gives these women experience. It gets their name out. It makes them more a part of their communities. And so didn't necessarily go into our decision making at the at the jump, but will be really interesting to follow, you know, as these women go on in their careers just because they know they're probably going to lose doesn't mean it's not worth it for them in some way. Something that I've been thinking about a lot as someone who's also reporting on women running for office is about how essentializing the discussion of this wave of women running can often be. I think it's really easy for people to talk about women as a monolith and obviously with so much focus on women's campaigns this cycle, that kind of automatically becomes part of the conversation and people kind of step into these same pitfalls of how we talk about women more broadly. In producing this series, did you find that there were other factors that were more important to these candidates personally or more important to their campaigns aside from their gender? And how do we talk about their campaigns without simply just defining them as being about a woman running for office? I think for us, the way we tried to come at that was by prioritizing verite documentary style producing and and trying to let these candidates and their campaigns and their experiences really speak for themselves so that we didn't have to ask them every time we saw them, you know, what's it like being a woman on the campaign trail? (laughs) That gets old for everybody. But seeing it happen, seeing it play out. There's no way around the fact that there are women running for office, right? And and some of them de-emphasize that certainly in their in their answers to questions about year of the woman. Um, most of them, most of our candidates, don't really lean into yes, I'm running in the year of the woman. But they're honest with us about the challenges that they do face, and there are very real challenges. So it is a balancing act, right? Like we don't want to, as you said, kind of essentialize all women running, but at the same time. There are these important experiences because it's still a new phenomenon, unfortunately, that are important to to share and to examine. And I think there's something valuable in comparing these four very different candidates. You really get the sense that they're no way a monolith and they will let you know exactly how they're different from all the others. So as you mentioned in the series, two of the four women you profile are Republican. Uh, So you have Pearl Kim, who, as you said, is a sexual assault survivor. She's running in Pennsylvania's 5th Congressional District. And you have Morgan Zeggers, who is running for the state assembly in upstate New York. Um, We know that there's a significant disparity in the number of Republican women who have run and won their party's nomination this year versus Democratic women. I'm curious about how you see Republican women fitting into this narrative of the year of the woman, of a landslide of women running for office, and how they see themselves in it as well. So I'll talk about Morgan, who is the 21-year-old Republican in upstate New York. So she is fully aware that many people think of the Republican Party as a group of old white men, and aware of the fact that that is the reality in many cases, too. And she says that she's making a conscious effort to change the face of the party by putting herself forward. She also likes to emphasize that she resists the idea that women are exceptional lawmakers when they get to office. And she said something great on a recent shoot. She said, I don't want to make it so that we're supreme, just that we're normal. So that's how she sees running as a woman. 
Yeah, and for our other Republican candidate, Pearl Kim, who's running in Pennsylvania for Congress, she often says she's not just running as a woman, she's running as a woman of color. And for her, that comes up a lot more on the campaign. And to her, it's really important that we have as many perspectives as possible at the table. And given that half of the population is women, that means having a lot more women at the table. But it also means a diversity of backgrounds and ethnicities, not just gender. How is that different from how the Democrats in this series relate to this popular narrative about women running? So Anna Eskamani in Florida has a line where she says, we need more not just women running, but more progressive women running. So she's embracing that she wants more women in office, but specifically, you know, Democratic liberal women to make the changes that she wants to see happen. She recognizes that just women in general, that might not be the case. So I think that our candidate in Iowa, Deidre Dejir, she really would rather reframe the narrative around the office that she's running for. Um, but she realizes that the reason there's so much national interest in these candidates is because it's a record number of women and there are so few women in higher office as it is. So she sort of has to walk this line of understanding why there's interest and sort of embracing the coverage that comes with it, but then refocusing it onto the things that she wants to talk about, which is really access to the ballot box. And and Deidre says that her campaign, her decision to run absolutely wasn't affected by Trump's election, whereas Anna is actually the only one of our candidates who says, yeah, I woke up the next day after the election in tears and I started asking my girlfriends to run, which I think is the narrative that we have been hearing more often about the year of the woman. And that's certainly true for a lot of Democratic women running, but that's not the be all and end all of it. All of these women have a different relationship to their gender and what role they want their gender to play in their candidacy. But all of them talk about having some kind of experience with either casual or overt sexism. How do you think highlighting some of those experiences takes off some of that shiny veneer that we have on this narrative about what it looks like for women to run for office in 2018. Why did you feel it was important to dedicate a good chunk of one of the episodes to talking about their experiences with sexism? I thought it was important to focus on their experiences with sexism because it has been such a barrier to entry for a long time for a lot of women you know, we know kind of in the nuts of bolts and campaigning that fundraising is challenging and sometimes scary for women. And our candidates talk about that. We know that, you know, being taken seriously as a young woman who hasn't held office before is a challenge. And so and so hearing them talk about it makes their progress and their passion that much more interesting to me and and kind of also explains why it is so hard for women to get to office. I think so often the media focuses on the more superficial differences that come with running as a woman. And what we got from our candidates is that it's so much more than just having to wear makeup and putting on a dress and people telling you you should be in a dress. There are real material differences. Like Emma said, fundraising is a big obstacle for women, getting taken seriously by big donors, by the party establishment, and then also getting advice to to do things that sort of run counter to who they are, all in the name of being more likable, which we know is also a very coded gender term as well. There are a couple of surprising moments for me with regards to this question of how women candidates deal with sexism during their campaigns. Something that blew up into a little bit of a national story was Anna Eskamani cursing on the campaign trail. 
Was there any really salient example for you that that captured what these women are going up against? Yeah, so the Anna cursing storyline is really interesting and it stems from the Republican Party of Florida funding these mailers that have been going out for the past few weeks basically calling her vulgar and um, extreme and asking, you know, do you really want to be represented by her? Um, And she has really fought back and kind of embraced it. Um, You know, she's posting the ads on social and and calling them out for a double standard that she sees. One of the quotes that they use on the mailer is pussy power. And Anna says, well, that's no worse than what President Trump has said, right? Grab him by the pussy and and here the Republicans are attacking her, you know, her response to that is to really call it out. But we've definitely seen more subtle instances of kind of everyday sexism and or racism that women experience all the time. And and the candidates don't necessarily call it out in that same way because to them, it's an everyday occurrence. Um, for example, we were filming with Pearl Kim, our candidate from Pennsylvania, outside of the CNN headquarters. She had just been on the Van Jones show and was really great on the show. She was feeling really good. And we asked her to to just walk down the street so that we could get some walking shots. And this car drove by and a man shouted from the car, Ms. Lee. And Pearl, you know, kind of laughed it off and shouted back, it's Ms. Kim, Ms. Kim. Um to us, it, it certainly felt like a racist catcall. And we know, you know, catcalling happens in New York. And Pearl, when I asked her about it later, she said, you know, that kind of stuff happens to me so frequently, it didn't even really register. So we've been talking a little bit about how to avoid falling into these pitfalls of of talking about women as a group. But... <laughs> <laughs> Always a but. Um, but at the same time, I'm wondering... Is there anything that you noticed while shooting and producing this series that's different about how women, or at least these women, run their campaigns as opposed to how we see men run their campaigns and even their their male opponents run their campaigns? So like every politician, these, these four candidates use their personal narratives um, to sort of illustrate their story and get voters to care about them and sort of show the connection between their narrative and their values. But being female candidates, the stories themselves are very different, and I think speak to different issues that that we're not used to hearing politicians speak about. For example, um, Ana Eskamani, our candidate in Florida, speaks a lot about growing up without a mother and how she had to navigate issues of dating and menstruation on her own, and that led her to Planned Parenthood, which she then worked for for years. And I think that's a very personal story that you, you're not used to hearing from someone running for office. Similarly, Pearl Kim, our candidate in Pennsylvania, says that she's running because she was inspired by Me Too. And she is a sexual assault survivor, a former special victims prosecutor. And it seems less likely that a man would run on any sort of sexual assault experience he had had, or at least I haven't. I'm not aware of that. And so for her to really embrace that and know that sharing that very personal story helps kind of communicate who she is and what she's about, um, I think that is very distinct, especially in this time. So to answer your question more directly, I wouldn't say that it's necessarily that they're running their campaigns differently, but it's rather the issues that come out of their life experiences as women running for office. 
I also feel like men, when they're telling that personal narrative that, you know, candidates have to deliver every time they meet someone new, basically, it's a lot about personal success. Like, you know, I went to Yale Law School and I'm a self-made whatever. And I think that what we're seeing in She's Running is, as you said, motivation to run for office that's coming from a different place. Maybe not even, you know, for a desire for power, but because you care about a certain set of issues or have had a life experience that has left you feeling disempowered. It's funny that you say that because I asked one of our candidates, Deidre Dejir, in Iowa, what's the most common criticism that you get? And of course, you know, she struggled with that. She's like, I don't know. I don't know. What do they tell me? And then she asked her campaign manager, what's the most common criticism I get? And what came out of their exchange was that she often gets told, why didn't you say you did this? Why don't you list your accomplishments? So she doesn't feel comfortable listing out her accomplishments in a way that, as you said, a male politician might. And, you know, again, I said to her, don't you think that's a very gendered thing? Or I said to me, that sounds like a gendered thing that a man wouldn't have trouble with. And and she didn't really want to go there. She didn't really want to sort of take it to that place. But that's certainly something that we observed. But at the same time, Pearl, for example, Pearl Kim in Pennsylvania, she really is running on her accomplishments. And her stump speech is very much about all of the things that she's done as a special victims prosecutor. She secured the first human trafficking conviction in the state of Pennsylvania. And I've heard her say that I don't know how many times because, you know, she really is messaging to people like, I have these wins. And so... I think, again, that's one of the things we like so much about the series and these characters is that you really do get a range of how women are coming at this and and how they're trying to get their story across to voters. So it is different for everyone. So we've talked about things that unite some of these candidates, ways that they're very different. Again, we still are just looking at just four of thousands of women who are running this cycle. What do you want people to come away from the series understanding about what it's like to run as a woman in 2018? And are there any misconceptions about it that you hope the series addresses? So I think for me, we've been working on the series for months and months, and I'm still so interested in and, and, you know, impressed by our candidates. And I hope that people who may have never heard of these candidates before because they're running in local state level races, you know, can can notice how compelling they are and and maybe extrapolate that further to, okay, if these four women who I probably haven't heard of are doing this or are this cool and are this interesting, like what must that mean for everyone else who's running, you know, and, and how does that give people perspective on this greater year of the woman? Yeah. And I think I would add to that what well, we often look at people running for office and think, oh, well, they've been groomed to do this, like, you know, this seems natural for them and they must, you know, have this whole operation <laughs> sort of guiding their every decision and every position. But we wanted to show that it's really running for the first time is hard and you're figuring out a lot of things as you go. You're often very uncomfortable. And I don't think people get to see this side of running for office too often. And one other thing that we hope people will understand is that we're focusing on this year of the woman because so many women are making history. It is still new and it's still news. You know, sometimes it does get a little bit frustrating to have to focus on gender so much, but that's the reality we're still living in. And until we have parity, until we have 50-50 representation, you know, it will continue to be news. Um, There's this great 
quote from Jennifer Lawless, who's an expert on women in politics, and she says, it will be the year of the women when we're not talking about it. It can get frustrating that in 2018, we are still so focused on women running for office. But honestly, that's because even if most of these women win their congressional bids, we'll still only be at about 25 percent female representation in Congress at the end of all of this. Make sure to watch the full series online at Vice News. That's it for now. Thanks so much for listening. And tune in again on Friday for another Vice Guide to Right Now.